someone would scream and people would come, right? Like pretty quickly. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. What is she doing here? If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, a total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer. Pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with the perspective we've gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the superfly space guy, Mac. Hola, muchachos. The gore lover, Alexis. You hate listening to her podcast. The cowardly creeper, Ryan. The best defense is a good offense. And the scream queen, Paris. He's a Libra moon. That says a lot. This week, we're checking out another newly released A24 film that's just hit theaters. Before we get down to business, though, we have some follow-up. Let's follow up on a movie. Okay, so we recently reviewed the third and semi-final installment in the Sleepaway Camp franchise, because technically there is a fourth one, but nobody's ever seen it, and it there's only two copies, and if you watch it, you'll die. But Sleepaway Camp 3, we talked about it, we watched it, and we all hacked it, except me because I like to have fun. But as always, we wanted to hear from our listeners. And you know what? 44% gave it a slash. So it's not total garbage, right? And 66% gave it a hack, which I totally understand and is fair. I'm actually very surprised that it's not worse. I would argue this poll is wrong. Everyone who voted, (laughs) not right enough. Do you think they also subconsciously flipped the responses like Paris just did? I do sometimes think that people misunderstand that Slash is good and Hack is bad. (laughs) Next time I'll put a lot of angry, sad faces and then a lot of happy faces. (laughs) I think it's like when you take a test, like as part of like an interview for a job, you fill out that little survey and you're answering the way you want them. Like the, the way that you think that they want you to answer or something, you know, it's like that. Or you just bubble in C because you think at some point you might be right. <laughs> People just filling in slash to slash it. That's definitely possible. We have a couple comments from our listeners. One of them is from Ashley who said this. I want to give my two cents before I listen because this is one movie I don't want to be swayed on. Hack. Hack for days. Strongest hack I've ever given. The awful, poorly written characters, the racism and prejudices, the warping of Angela's original motivation, and the annoying singing make this a movie I can't forgive for its faults. Those are some amazing points that I completely agree with. We love a woman with conviction. And most importantly, we were not going to sway you away from that hack. Paris was trying to. No, I was very fair. I was like, listen, I understand all the hate for this. Totally valid. This is where I'm at. (laughs) There was no argument to be made. We have another comment from Amber who said, For me, this movie is a hack. In comparison to the other two films in the franchise, this sequel felt rushed. The writers seemed to overlook any character development or motivation. Again, I say fair. Very fair. And finally, we have a little bit of a comment from Brittany who said this. This has Brittany Hack written all over it. But guess what, guys? I had a freaking party with this. I found myself laughing out loud many times and thoroughly enjoying the experience. My boyfriend and I sat down on a lazy weekend and watched all three back to back. It proved to be a great time, and I think watching it with company definitely makes a difference. Lame kills, sure, but I liked the one-liners, and I liked Angela's casual disposition about murder. She wasn't lackluster to me, her mood was just the same one I have when I take out the trash, which is essentially what she was doing. The worst part was the old man and the camper getting it on. That was wrong on every level, and I'd love it even more with that whole section removed entirely. Ugh, awful, yuck, disgusting. I'm slashing this one, and I can barely believe it. Hashtag Team Paris. Look at that. You have someone on your side. Yes, bless her heart. <laughs> Although I do love the reference to Angela just taking out the trash at camp. It's very that. It's, she's just so nonchalant with these kills that, I don't know, it tickled me. And it tickled Brittany too. And finally, we'd like to say welcome back to some of our returning patrons, Luis and Craig. We've missed you. I hope you write into the podcast soon via letter because that's what we accept. Or even call the hacker slash hotline or hang out with us on Discord. Actually, are you in the chat right now? Because we're streaming live as of this recording. And that's our follow up. Well, hurricane season is well underway for us, and although we've been keeping mostly dry this rainy season, this week's film takes us to the scene of a hurricane party. A24's latest film is a horror comedy that puts audiences front and center to watch as the resilience and bond of a friend group is tested when the lights go out and the bodies hit the floor. This week, we're talking about bodies, bodies, bodies. What were you all expecting going into this? Pretty much a a general gist of what you just said. I knew it was kind of comedy related. Of course, Pete Davidson's in it. I knew that. And I knew that it was going to be a group of people. I didn't know exactly what they were going to get up to, but 
that's pretty much all I had. I saw the trailer for this. I don't remember when, maybe like a couple months ago when we were seeing a different new release. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was immediately intrigued by the trailer. One, because it was a predominantly female cast and they were young and their language was relatable and and they were speaking in a way that I understood. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I was sort of hopeful going into it. But then they were also kind of like, it's the scream for the next generation. And I was like, well, don't say that because that's, don't, don't do that. Cause that's, that could be bad. You could really set yourself up for failure with a tagline like that. So I was like cautiously optimistic going into this. I was hopeful that I would enjoy it, but I was also open to it being a big flop. Yeah. I had only seen images. I actually hadn't seen a trailer or anything. So I was really expecting a slasher rave event. I know euphoria is all the rage now. I've never seen it, nor do I care about it. So I'm just going off what I think it's about. It has the energy of what you think Euphoria would probably be about. Yeah, it's like the the neon branding. That's what I think I fell for. Kind of. Anyone seen 13 back in the day? Yes. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like just irresponsible young adults, although they weren't even young adults in 13. But in this movie, I'm, I see the trailer. I'm thinking it's just going to be a bunch of irresponsible young adults doing drugs and partying. Uh, does not sound like my idea of a good time, so I wasn't looking forward to that necessarily. But I figured there would either be some like revenge hungry friend or rando killer who just happened upon this bunch of idiots trapped in this house. Yeah, I expected there to be more than meets the eye. I don't recall latching on very strongly to this trailer. I'm sure I saw it, but I couldn't tell you what it was about. But I, I knew going into it that Pete Davidson would be in it, and I'm not a fan of his at all. So I was expecting uh, to laugh a few times. I was expecting to be a little bit annoyed along the way. But I expected there to have a very superficial and silly surface with a lot more baked in on, uh, beneath it. And let me tell you, the feelings watching this movie, I laughed so much. And I laughed more than I think I expected to when i got to see this movie i went to see it with paris paris beat me there i'm walking in as the previews are supposed to be starting and then i forget this is like an early access thing apparently paris the movie was three minutes in and i was like what the fuck am i walking into here it was a little bit of a stressful moment yeah absolutely i did complain to the girl out front i was like hey when's the movie supposed to start and she was like seven i was like well it's playing right now and she's like that's not supposed to happen so like five minutes in they started over from the beginning everybody was very confused but i'm glad that they did because we missed some really crucial moments in those first opening scenes really the most character development that you get to really understand what you're walking into you could not have the same movie without those first 90 seconds i would say (laughs) okay okay (laughs) you really you really couldn't we'll talk about it more later but that was a really strong foundation to build the movie on the making out let's just say what it is 90 seconds of making out that's what you needed 100 percent. well we missed it absolutely like we we didn't know how gay these girls were without that they had to show you how gay and then they showed us and we're like oh well that's informing a lot I got so much of Sophie's character from that 90 seconds of making out because you see the clinginess, you see the desperation in you're the only good thing I have in my life right now. So I I get it. I feel it. But beyond the initial stress of that moment and then the pleasant surprise when we did restart the movie, I found myself having a good time with this. Yeah, there's a lot of balance between me feeling tense and me getting some comic relief. And you get that right when you sit in your seat. I mean, for the movie, it's just, there's a lot building up, especially in the first scene. And then even up into the last frame of this movie, I would say the biggest thing that stood out for me is the amount of tension that I felt while watching this. I feel like the last few movies that we've seen in theaters just haven't like, roped me in really with like the fear and expectation and trying to figure out what's going on. Like I really don't find myself trying to figure out what's going on in movies anymore. And this one definitely had those things for me. See, I I felt some stress when watching this movie, but it's mostly because I hated all of the characters. What? I truly hope my children never end up like them. But I I, I was also continually intrigued by what ridiculous thing was going to happen next because it is just like a cascade. It's like watching a train wreck and I loved it. Should I tell you that you're not rich enough for your kids to turn out like this? (laughs) (laughs) Which is good. Honestly, though, I think people can turn out like this no matter matter what. Lovingly, I say. (laughs) Yeah, while watching this, Chris and I, we definitely laugh 
laughed quite a bit. I can definitely recall some of the more tense moments that I was feeling. And like Mac, I was very intrigued. And I was like, what is going to happen next? I found myself trying to figure out like the whodunit of it all. Of course, I love a whodunit. And I love trying to figure it out before the movie tells me. And I also found this movie kind of had energy of other movies that I'd seen before, kind of like Clue the movie, where it's like such a a series of unfortunate events all leading to like miscommunications and misunderstandings and like chaos and murder and death and intrigue and drama. And I was just like, wow, what is happening in this little hurricane? It was like a hurricane inside the house. That's a metaphor. You're right. The hurricane inside the house is actually a great metaphor because we see this movie paced by the passing of this storm, both literally and figuratively within this friend group. And one of the things that I recall the most, aside from just the laughter or the leaning into each other and making weird fucking jokes the entire time we were watching this movie, Paris, was how really devastatingly old I felt. And not only in just like this feeling like a very Gen Z movie with some of its antics or some of its language, but also just like the pettiness of a shitty friend group. I feel like I'm too old for that shit. And I couldn't be more relieved about that fact. I couldn't be happier about that fact. I did not feel connected to these characters. But I will say something that surprises me is how good of a time I had with them regardless. Like I didn't particularly love a lot of these people. And truly, Mag, I agree with you 100%. I detest a lot of like their antics, but I still found myself semi-charmed by them. Even Pete Davidson. You know, I'm going to take the exact opposite side of that coin, which is I was so disappointed with how I felt about the characters. I I know like it's a group of some relatively young people. It's going to be a hard press to get me to like them anyway, but I really tried to go in with like an open mindset about it. And boy, did I hate them. And did I not care about anything they had to say? Honestly, what's like the biggest disappointment for me is I like the men in this movie the most. Why is that? I I don't want to say that. I don't want to be here on the podcast telling you the men are the best part of the movie. But yeah, that for me, it was just like, oh, the people. And I don't even know if it's, uh, we're not that old. I'm not that old. But also, I don't understand how old these people were. So I, I think it's interesting the men in this movie are like a little bit older. One of them is much older, but, but, uh, Pete Davidson's only like 28, you know? So what's interesting is you're closer to that, I feel like, than people in their early 20s. Yeah, but I was in my early 20s and I just, I, listen, if you've ever been like, I don't know if I could travel by myself. I don't know if I could do stuff by myself. Just like watch this movie and immediately you'll be like, yeah, I can do everything for the rest of my life by myself. I don't ever need to meet another person because these people are rough. <laughs> I know we'll talk about characters in the second half, but I just, I don't feel the same way, but maybe we've all been through different experiences. So I'm like interested to unpack that in the second half. So that surprised me that y'all think that, but on the flip side, I was so surprised that this movie and maybe it goes into my expectations, but this movie was not what I expected it to be. The plot line, especially like I wasn't expecting something deep, not that this movie was deep, but I just was expecting a different level of this, like honestly not expecting to like it. I was very surprised with how this movie managed to be relatively self-aware without being annoying about it. Because the more I watched the trailers, I was like, I'm getting annoyed already. It's going to be too much. They're going to try way too hard to like push this like commentary on like the younger generation's social whatever. But it managed to do that in such a way that felt self-aware and felt like they didn't go too far with it. And when they did, it was usually to comedic effect and made me laugh. So I think I wasn't expecting for it to be that successful with that element. And y'all know me, I love unlikable female characters. So there was a lot for me to latch on to in this movie. There was a lot of toxicity, I think, in this movie. And that is hard. That's hard to watch for me. But honestly, the thing that disappointed me is so small. Uh, but it's a hurricane. I think if you promise me like hurricane party, where's the hurricane? This was like a bad thunderstorm at best. But I just, I feel like the hurricane was a part of this. It was such a small part of it. I think there was more that could have been done with it. There was, there was one scene in particular in which like someone is going outside in the hurricane. It's like not a big deal, really. They just get a little wet. And I'm like, I just, I think there was so much more that could have been done to make the hurricane a little more interesting of a character in this in this film. Someone slipped and fell. Okay. I mean, that happens from a wet ground. Would you have rather seen crawl level hurricane, Mac? 
hundred percent. Absolutely. So you think bodies, 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 but add gators and flooding. Sure. I mean, flooding is a big one. You know, I, I want people should have to batten down the hatches in, in a hurricane movie. Just like really just turn it up a notch. Yeah. But the hurricane had nothing to do with the plot. So what's the point? Besides that they were there for a hurricane. Just take advantage of it. That's, that's all I'm saying. These kids were just trying to find a reason to drink. And you don't, you do don't need a reason. Okay. There's no reason to drink. You can just decide. That's how that works <laughs> that in parties. <laughs> there's, there's never a reason to do Coke though. Don't do that. I will say that the weakness of the hurricane in this movie may have been a contributing factor to the overall sensation that this movie wasn't scary at all. I know that you all are saying that there are moments where you felt tense and I didn't feel that. There, I think are, are a couple well-timed jump scares that'll startle you a bit and make you jump a tiny bit in your seat, but it wasn't like it really carved out any sensation of, oh, the stakes are high. I wonder what's going to happen next. I am alarmed and concerned for my own well-being. None of that was present in this film. But and I, I think that's perfectly OK because this leans so hard into the comedy territory. I'm intrigued by that because while I don't think it's like scary, generally speaking, it definitely has like tense moments. And also you kind of, I mean, you really don't know what's happening next because there's so much mystery to it. I feel like it leans into the tension. So I don't know. It's a difficult thing. Like, is it scary? No, but like, it's not, not scary. Yeah. Definitely the previews, um, that were shown before this movie scared me and the jump scares really got me, but I, I was really, I was tense. I was tense. Some of the music choices or lack thereof, made it even worse. But yeah, it's not as scary like, oh my gosh, is someone going to be crawling upside down, you know, on my wall, you know, getting me at night kind of scared. I was not scared whatsoever by this film. I think the scariest part is like just the disconnect between me and what this generation that they're putting on screen is. Because again, I fear for my children if they end up anywhere, anywhere near this in terms of personality. But now in terms of like any sort of horror, I think it's closer to psychological thriller than than perhaps horror. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I don't think it's scary. I agree. The jump scares did get me a couple times. Chris, I don't know if you remember me jumping and saying, oh shit, a few little moments. Oh yeah. You know, I'm, I'm down for a jump scare. I'm pretty easy to get if the timing is well done. Um, but yeah, Chris, you're definitely right. This was horror comedy so much so that the fear wasn't that intense and the stakes were pretty much non-existent. With that being said, I think this movie was pretty original it sort of reminded me of the movie cry wolf because they play a similar game in that movie but i think the way they used an isolated space and an existing really complicated toxic dynamic between characters to tell an overall kind of useless story was pretty original I know we've seen movies where they play games, but I guess I wasn't essentially familiar with Bodies, 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 like this actual game. So to me, I thought it was original. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then the way the movie progresses, I thought the way they encompass that game in the actuality of everything ends up being original for me. I feel pretty mid on originality for this one. I think it just feels like a lot of pieces from other things that I've seen before. Like nothing really makes me feel like, oh my God, this is original, but not enough to the point where I'm going to say no. So I'm like right at the 50-50 line. I'll say this ain't your daddy's 1985 clue. I know, Paris, you mentioned this earlier, but you know, it's it's a murder mystery whodunit, right? But I think it's got its its own unique vibe for sure. They use the word vibe several times in this movie and it's like perfect for this because it does feel like its own thing. There's just something altogether that it's just, it's really 2022. It really hits like, you know, in the moment for me. I would absolutely agree with that. This really is its own unique vibe. And I think what it comes down to is this feels like horror comedy. That's a fun time. It feels like whodunit, but it feels like also the toxicity and corrosion of friendship. It feels like Pretty Little Liars meets Clue, but then also really pulls back and gives me this feeling of nothing matters, everything is meaningless, and that's kind of the whole point of everything. And I enjoy walking away with that kind of sensation, particularly with how this movie ended. I think this movie doesn't take itself too seriously. I think it walks up to the line of making a point, lets you linger in there just a bit, really messes things up for quite a few people, and then leaves you in a moment that's satisfying. 
I will agree that the ending was probably the most satisfying part of this movie for me. It was like somebody telling you a really, really long, slow joke and then like an amazing punchline that ties everything together. Yeah, I definitely was kind of jaw dropped when the ending hit. I was like, oh, and I think I needed a few minutes after the credits started rolling to like decipher how I was feeling. But I definitely love that ending. It's it's interesting how, you know, not with going into spoilers too much, but how parts of the first half of the movie tie into this ending. I think for me, we have to do this thing that we sometimes do, which is differentiate the very end of this movie versus like the general ending bit. And the very end, like the literal completion wrap up of the story, I really, really, really enjoy. But man, there is some like long winded bits that go through, like, like they just keep going on about some stuff uh, before everything like fully wraps up, but like in the ending sequence. And God, I just did not care. And they kept hitting these like very specific notes. And yeah, it just, I don't know. I am very mixed about the ending. Yeah, I also enjoyed the ending. I think if you've seen the movie Burn After Reading, it reminded me of that quite a bit in where you're kind of like, well, now what? And did we learn anything from this? What was it all for? And I felt like that was kind of fun because it's such a stark contrast of like the brutality of the course of events during this film. And then also just kind of like the frivolous nihilism that's also woven throughout. Uh, and I thought that was a fun juxtaposition. I think kind of like Ryan saying, getting to that end end moment, there were a couple parts where I was like, okay, I'm exhausted just like these characters are, which maybe is because the movie is effective at making me exhausted or maybe because like, I'm just tired and like, what's even, what are we even doing anymore? I think I got to that point where I was a little bit like fatigued of the characters. Um, but overall, I would say the ending was a pretty good way to wrap this up. Well, let's see if our feelings on the ending translate to a positive score for the film. But as we ponder what we're going to score it, Alexis, what's the gore score for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? We are going to have a medium. Not extremely gory, but we'll unpack it in the second half. And what about the animal report? We finally have a clean animal report this week. It's very nice. Well, let's go ahead and get into our ratings then. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies from 2022, now showing in theaters. Was it a hacker slash? I'm going to go first because I think I know how tonight might pan out. But I don't want to say this knowing the movies that came out earlier in this year, but I'm going to be honest, this is probably like my top five movies that I've seen this year. One of the top five. This is definitely one of the top five movies I've seen this year, whether it be new release or something we reviewed on the podcast. There's just a good mix of movies that I super enjoy, which is Murder on the Orient Express, all those Death on the Nile, Snowpiercer. Then you got this like Ready or Not vibe. Then you have Mean Girls. And then you have Scream. And I'm like, okay, all these movies are great in my book. So I don't know. It's it's interesting you guys talk about the characters because maybe from personal experience, but this this set of characters seems so toxic, but yet so real from the experiences I've had in friendships. So I find kind of find it easy to relate to this movie. And this movie was so tense to me. The lack of sound in some parts and i guess maybe because there was only three people in the theater it just created a great atmosphere to watch this so this is getting a slash in my book well i can keep this pretty simple for myself this is not my kind of movie i'm not here to tell you it's horrible i wouldn't say it's horrible there are definitely things that i enjoyed but there just wasn't enough to make me feel anything in the sense of relation to the 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 plot the people, the stories, their relationships. It just, everything was unrealistic to me in a way that made me feel like, am I abnormal because I'm not this way? And I know that that's not the truth. Also, like, I don't know if I'm just stuck on this, but like, I just don't understand how old these people are and like who they are. And I don't know, maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe it's just because they're like some rich people's kids. Maybe that's the part that I just can't relate to. But for me, I I cannot tell anybody they should watch this movie. You have to make that decision for yourself. Like this is one of those things where I really do think it matters who you are. And I don't know, maybe it doesn't. Cause if Chris slashes this, it'll prove me wrong. But for me, 
it's a big hack. It is enjoyable, but it just was not enough to to bring me in. And then in the end, when we get there, I feel like I got a little bit bamboozled and just kind of like the, the wool was pulled over my eyes for a little while. And they're like, well, this wasn't worth it. So for me, it's a big fat hack. Oh, Ryan, the end made all of the suffering worth it for me. The end was like the saving grace of this movie because up until the end, I had ideas about what what would pan out. And by that point, like we've mentioned, I truly hated most of the characters, like spending time with them. They reminded me so much of the people in college that I was around that I didn't like really participate in this kind of drama with, but like I got to see it. There's just so much drama between people. And literally like one of the people I was like, they are just like this one person I knew from college. And, and that just grates on me. But yeah, really tough to see that because every now and then we like to like listen to some drama from afar or maybe watch it and kind of like dip our toes, but it's like an hour and a half. So there's a certain point I think you reach where you're just like, guys, just make better life choices and be better humans. It's, it's kind of tiring. You, you mentioned it, Paris. We get kind of exhausted by it at a certain point. That being said, when we get to the end, I literally laughed because not only was my prediction correct, of course, uh, but it is in my book, a punchline and it's fantastic. And I could see this like framing this architecture, of this movie working better for some of us if it was targeted towards us, but I don't know that it is. I think this would be truly hilarious and really enjoyable if you were a few years younger than us. So it was a little bit harder for me to get into it, but I'll give it credit. I think it's ha- it's got its own thing. Um, I think it does a good job. I think it's deliberately tough to watch these characters on screen because you're not supposed to like them. It's kind of like listening to somebody tell this really long-winded aristocrats joke where it should like gross you out by a certain point by how much you hate it. And that's, you know, it's effective. I like it. Um, I was surprised though when we got to the end and my wife and I were watching this and she was like, was that actually good? Did I just enjoy watching that? She had to like question herself. And I was like, I, I, no, I, I think you did. I think you had a good time. Rough for me, but I think overall it deserves um, a slash definitely uh, for creating this own original 2022 feeling of a whodunit. I don't know how obvious this is going to be. Pretty sure it's obvious I'm slashing this movie. Um, like Alexis said, it has a lot of the qualities that I love. It's giving uh, Pretty Little Liars meets Mean Girls meets Clue meets a little bit of like I Know What You Did Last Summer, a little bit of Scream. Just took a bunch of different things that I like. Um, and like Alexis, I am no stranger to toxic social dynamics amongst a bunch of young, hot friends doing a bunch of drugs that they got for free and hanging out some at some rich guy's house in the Hamptons. And you kind of have to be nice to him because it is his house. But at the same time, you don't really want to hang out with him. Um, that's something I can relate to. And it kind of reminded me of that time and like the fun parts about it, but then also the parts that I don't miss at all about it. So it was, I think, really a sweet spot watching it right now because I'm so distanced from that life I used to live that I can like look back on it, laugh, enjoy it for what it was and also recognize it for how bad it also was. Uh, and this movie I think did that really artfully. I think the movie also makes fun of itself in ways where it's like, Hey, yes, this is annoying. That's on purpose. Some people are really annoying. Some people make really shitty, stupid decisions. And I think also every actor in this movie portrayed their character so authentically that I was really sold on every line that they were saying, it just felt really relatable and like conversations that like I would have with people. Um, so this movie is fun. It's entertaining. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's funny. It's a little scary. It's cheeky. It's smart. Um, and even if you're not Gen Z, I think you can still enjoy this movie because in a little, in a couple ways, it kind of like drags Gen Z. Okay, so there's a lot to like in this movie. I I had no shortage of laugh-out-loud moments. I also had some moments uh, pretty early on even where I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Come on, close the rearview mirror. You're going to kill the battery in the car. And here we are, right? So I think there's some moments in this movie that are very predictable. I think this movie has a lot of critical things in, and that are part of its plot that you can see coming a mile away. But... I don't think this movie really built itself thinking we're going to give you a few big twists. This movie is just a wholesome time. And by wholesome, I mean it's a whole night of debauchery and it's terrible. But I laughed at this movie. I think this movie is one that you can laugh at and laugh with, but not something that you should even remotely try to take seriously. Now, that being said, there are two things that I dislike in this movie a great deal. And one of them is a little bit of a bummer for me, especially as we think about like framing the ending. But also, Paris, you said these people are very relatable. I find them not relatable at all. 
Not even a little bit. I don't know people like this. I don't want to know people like this. Mac, you're talking about this reminds you of someone you went to college with. No, thank you, sir. I, I'm realizing now why I have trouble making friends. I like to keep my little my little circle small. It exists to just us here tonight. And I, I'm okay with that. Ryan, you asked in the Discord chat, are you too anti-drama to like this movie? I'm also anti-drama. I like to keep things pretty chill. And a lot of the dynamics in this movie between the characters are exhausting. But they're not so exhausting that I had a bad time. So this movie is a slash. Yay. I was pretty concerned that was going to happen. And that's why I felt like my judgments might be off. (laughs) It seemed pretty clear you were going to slash it, which is, you know, concerning. Honestly, maybe I need to check on you. Listen, I feel okay, ma'am. I feel great. This movie has a bunch of people that I would never want to sit in a room with ever. But there are a lot of jokes in here. And they were actually well-timed. There's also a moment where the movie becomes very clearly self-aware. And there's a character who I was kind of like lukewarm on the entire time. And she ends up being a star to me at the end. And I cannot wait to unpack that. But for now, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies from 2022 now showing in theaters has earned four slashes and one hack. Now you can find this movie playing locally. So go check it out. Then join us in the second half so we can break it all down together. See you in a bit. seen a cool viral trend online and thought hey i can do that and then as it turns out you actually can't nothing is quite as human and authentic as failure so we invented flip flop flip flop is an app designed for sharing and posting your biggest flops it's like an epic fail compilation but even more cringe instead of posting a selfie at the williamsburg coffee shop your most recent avocado toast or your homemade focaccia share the time you cut your own bangs finally a platform for sharing the time you chipped a tooth trying to do the renegade or the Sephora haul that gave you a horrible skin condition. Life can be a drag, so just post it for the gag on Flip Flop. Welcome back, folks. You're now entering the spoiler zone for Bodies, 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 which has earned four slashes and one hack. Now, we have a lot to get to here, but before we get into the specifics of our ratings, there was some death to account for, so Alexis, take us through the kills. Yeah, it was so awesome. I think uh, when you have a small cast and I tell you five people died, you're like, okay, well, most of the cast dies. So <laughs> didn't want to spoil it too much for you guys. I obsessed over all of these deaths because to me, this movie seems so realistic. The blood was realistic. The way the kills, I mean, it seemed to happen. It was realistic. The only thing that wasn't realistic, I was like, how did all of these people have like themselves soaked pretty much in blood everywhere. I was like, there's not this much, especially like the first death with David. I don't know. I just didn't think that that blood would be all over the place. Like it was on every single character. I thought the same thing, Alexis. I was like, at what point did they get blood on their face? How and why? Well, it was because they dipped their fingers in and did like a tribute. Like then it became the craft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Lion King. That's the deleted scene. <laughs> Lion King, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. There was definitely a moment where I was like, why is everyone so bloody? Like, it, especially in the face. I mean, to be fair, like he did have his neck sliced open. So I do feel like there would be a lot of blood involved. And like his girlfriend, I got it. But there, there were a lot of people that were not like cuddling him making sure he was okay <laughs> cuddling him yeah but he had it had already happened so and by the time like he was on the ground by the time they got out there it wasn't like he was splurting out like as if it just had happened yeah but like she did like pick him up basically she was like under yeah, his head for her i get no one else I, I i think we all probably thought that at some point and i had to kind of like reason it away in that when they all came to see what had happened, they like all touched him and then like touched their faces. Basically, this is just showing you how quickly germs spread. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those videos that tries to demonstrate it by using like red paint or something, I guess. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. So I want to hear, we have five deaths. There's enough for everyone to go around, but I'm sure they will repeat because some were just not that cool. Mine is very simple. It's Greg. And a big reason is because it's one that we actually see happen on screen. Because even like when Alice is shot, we don't like actually see her getting shot, you know? But the shock of like Greg 
you hear a thump and then he stops moving. And then, you know, when you kind of figure out what happened, also getting killed by a kettlebell, very lovely. That was a heavy thing that she swung around. I approve of those kettlebell swings, you know? Well, it's definitely going to go on our sponsor because uh, I feel like I've seen so many gym bloopers where I'm like, this person really should have died. And this is going right there with it. I can appreciate Greg's death quite a bit. I just want to say that Greg deserved better. Uh, Greg did not deserve the fate he got. He was just a dude trying to have a good time, trying to be as nonviolent as possible and de-escalate a situation. But I think my favorite kill is actually Jordan. Not because I wanted her to die, not because I enjoyed her being dramatically thrown over the railing and falling onto a bunch of glass, but more so because I loved the thought that with her dying breath, she was still trying to prove a point. And apparently she manages her life completely in spreadsheet, and I find that very relatable. (laughs) Chris, that was actually my favorite kill as well. I think because the climax at that point has so much energy and there's so much drama and it's so absurd to the point that it's funny, but also wildly unhinged uh and yeah she gets thrown over the railing and like she's still she won't give up she fires just a couple more shots off just just because she can at that point and then her her pettiness just takes her all the way into the grave and she's just like check her phone and i'm like listen check her phone she had so many bullets in that gun she was just like i'm just gonna keep shooting it was a lot (laughs) that was definitely a hollywood gun those were both my favorite kills uh, so that sucks that I don't have a third one lined up, but I will say my least favorite kill. And that was the one we didn't get to see, which was falling down the stairs. Because I feel like that would have been cool to add that on. Maybe like the suddenness of it, maybe like the surprise. And then you could have like really tricked us into thinking, Oh, maybe someone did push her. Like who knows? But it just bummed me out that we had one that was like off screen. I know the first one, like we get it. There's a neck slash. We don't need to see it happen to know that someone's neck got slashed and it's pretty serious. And that starts the movie off well, I think. But the whole like body at the bottom of the stairs was kind of a letdown. That's totally fair, Mac. And it, I don't know about you, but I was kind of like, mm, this could have been an accident because we didn't see anything particularly nefarious. Um, but when it comes to David's kill, I was thinking that obviously it ends up being like he was trying to do something stupid on TikTok. But I was thinking that the hurricane just like flung that machete up and that's what killed him because yep. it was just lying there on the ground. It's so far-fetched, but okay. <laughs> I, I figured he went outside to like fetch it. You know, like, oh crap, it's outside. I got to bring it inside. And then like the wind did it to him. That's what I thought was going to happen Yeah, um, initially. And then I was like, no, that's, that's too like logical. There needs to be a more ridiculous answer, I think, for, for how he got taken out. And then we just have to um, like remember whose character is and it all makes sense. So true because I love seeing that at the end. I was like, is this what it is? It's an off screen kill, but it's on screen. It's just, it's just very interesting, but you know. So as sad as it was, Alice's death, I really appreciated because the, that whole scene was just to me very on edge. I was just watching the screen. I couldn't really see much that was going on, but there was just a lot going on in that scene. So just the toppling, the this, the getting the gun, the not getting the gun. And then at that point, everyone's looking around to see who actually died and then they see Alice. But I do appreciate that dynamic that's going on. And even on screen, I think there's a lot of visuals that just uplift all the tension that's going on, um, especially when they're first playing this game and the lights go off and then everyone's using a flashlight or a phone. And to me, the greatest moment is when there is no sound and being in a theater when you know something's going to either be loud or, you know, you're just seeing it straight up in front of your eyeballs. It's just, it's jarring to me. And I just love the aspect of the, essentially to me, it was like hide and go seek, but you murder someone by tapping them on the shoulder. Hide and go seek with murder. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with the game is why are we slapping each other at the beginning? Like, I'm, I'm not interested at all. I think just to be dumb. No. Yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole game has some holes. It definitely did. It's just so discontent and mistrust. Alexis, that was also my favorite visual because yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with like lighting and like they're turning lights on and off as they play this game. But when the lights go up for real and all you see at first is Alice with like the glow stick necklace and her little glow accessories, and then one by one they turn their phones on and you just see different lighting on each character from different angles, only lit by the phones. I thought that was just like such a really beautiful shot. That's one of the most 
memorable visuals for this movie overall. And then I see that they kind of used a similar effect in a lot of their marketing now that I'm like looking at it, where it's just kind of like eyes lit by a phone screen in complete darkness. And I just thought that was like such a good aesthetic. It reminded me of like all those memes where people are like, oh, kids these days are always looking at their phones. And I was like, well, yeah, because that's where the world is. We're looking at the world through our phones and it can actually be beautiful. It's the only light in our life, apparently. Yeah. My favorite visual also kind of relates to that one. It's just another moment where there was a lot of really cool lighting and it's Greg in the basketball court. Damn it. (laughs) Sorry. First and foremost, why we balling out of control with the basketball court in the house, but no other cars. That's my first beef. (laughs) That is very interesting. (laughs) That that house would have had three garages and so many cars, but nonetheless, um, Greg with that, that light therapy mask on and he's just like chilling, big chilling. And there was some cool lighting happening in there visually, like when they like peek in, especially because I forgot to wear my glasses today. I was like, man, what's going on in there? (laughs) It was pretty cool. So the lighting actually played a really big part in the moment that I thought was most beautiful in the movie. And it's actually a moment that makes sense. The girls in all the chaos of the aftermath of David's death are all rushing to the car to try to get to some kind of help and grapple with the reality of the death that they have just witnessed. The camera is spinning and you have all their voices talking through like the chaos of the moment, realizing that the car doesn't start and then B saying, oh, I think it's my fault. I think I left the light on and that's why the car's battery is now dead and the way the camera is spinning as you have all these girls panicking as you have a dimly lit car as you have the rain falling down outside was just so beautiful and cinematic and then just a hard cut back to a wide shot of the car and you realize they're fucked they're trapped the storm is just beginning although it did bother me that the horn still sounded at full volume when the battery was that dead. Do horns work that way? Does the horn go out? It depends on the car. (laughs) (laughs) So it's totally plausible then, and you're just mad about it. (laughs) I don't don't know how these newfangled cars work. All I know is previously, if your battery was that dead, your horn would just make like a mirror. I mean, like in Cujo, it's, I think it's pretty similar. Cujo was 30 years before this. Wait, yeah, well, 40. Not all of us drive Range Rovers and Teslas, okay? I'm just saying. This wasn't either of those. Look, Mike, I don't know how car horns work. Uh, that wasn't enough to bother me, but something did bother me. And that was actually during my favorite scene of the movie. It was the moment we had this climax with Jordan and we get the realization that she does, in fact, have a gun. B has snuck back into the house and you have Alice, who is very clearly just like almost like the golden retriever of the friend group. She's just having a good time. Nobody really hates her. Uh, She doesn't probably deserve the hate she gets. And she's really just trying to keep the peace and keep everybody glued together. Then you have Jordan telling B about her and Sophie's dalliance in the car right before the trip. And... There's this moment that I dislike that is the reality that it all comes down to pettiness. At least this time, it's not pettiness over some dude, I guess. Uh, so that left a bad taste in my mouth. But overall, that entire scene, the realization that Jordan hate listens to Alice's podcast and then the ante being upped back and forth between those characters highlighted the movie for me. Oh, God, that was my least favorite part of the movie. That scene was like so overly dramatic for me. And I was already like, a little bit turned off and I was just like, okay, like onwards and upwards, please let's go. Which is, you know, it's not always like this, Chris. Usually we're much more similar on things. So I think this is interesting. My favorite scene is this cheating. Maybe it's got to be the end when they like realize it all. Mac, I'm so sorry. I've taken like five of your answers. (laughs) When they're like in absolute despair after they just watched this video and like, Max walks in and they're just like, what? And like, it's, it's a fun part because they realize it at the same time that we realize that nobody was here killing anybody. There's no killer on the loose. None of the people that are dead were the killers. Neither of them is the killer. Um, I, I just, I thought it was so clever. And that part for me was like, man, it made me want to slash this, but just not enough. Yeah, Ryan, that's such a good moment because I love how meaningless everything else seems. It's like this really dreary, what is the point of anything? Uh, Especially when you get to the reality of like, there was no reason for any of this mistrust. But I mean, you put them all in the same situation. They're not going to stop long enough to ask enough questions or even ask the right kind of questions to get to the bottom of things. 
Yeah, there's just like all these microaggressions against all the characters that they could not possibly take the time to. Not that anyone would think, would think, hey, let's look at his phone. Maybe it was just a TikTok gone wrong at this point. <laughs> Some guy shows up with a slit throat. I'm going to say, wait a second. <laughs> I've seen this trend. <laughs> we can all confirm that she did cheat though, right? Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. The panties. The, the bra and panties. I'm glad we're all on the same page and not trying to be Sophie apologists here. No, it, 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 it 100% happened. And that last scene, that was my favorite as well. I think I'll expand upon it, even though you had it first, but I think that's what made it really funny for me was them seeing it and they're like just stone faced reaction to realizing, wow, we're idiots. Uh, but I think Max showing up and having that reaction, like what the heck just happened here was that was just like cue for laughter at that point. That was like the joke has been told. I did not expect him to look a 40 year old man. Why not? I mean, there are other friends. So you got to- he definitely wasn't going to be hot. I mean, Greg's like 44, you know, so who knows how old he is? Can't tell. They said he was in his mid thirties, right? Who knows? <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Apparently all the men in this movie are older than the women. That's all we know. Yeah. And the men, I know we'll talk about characters in a second, but clearly they had some like alphaness between them that they needed to sort out, which is not surprising in this movie with just two men. So I know we talked about it, but my favorite scene is definitely when they get on the basketball court. And it's just, you know, I feel like that's when the tables really turn between all of our characters even more that you're like, oh, this might be a game. At first second, I thought, you know, David's character maybe possibly like faked his own death. But at this point, this is, I was like, this is getting really serious. And when B actually kills Greg, I was like, oh, this is another level. Now they're starting to kill each other. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so interesting. But also the lighting in there, the sound and the lack of sound in that, it was just like a phenomenal and very tense scene with all of them in the corner. Like, is Greg a killer? Is not? And I just, and I love that whodunit of this movie. I absolutely love that boiling point. And in, in this movie, it's kind of really <clears throat> part of where we raised the stakes as far as going from a game to going to real life. Um, but my favorite scene actually came right before that, Alexis. And it's when we have Alice trying to defend her relationship with Greg. Because that's when I really felt like the girls stopped pulling punches and started just really saying it like it is. Like, how long have you even known Greg? And Alice is kind of like trying to defend her choice that she made, which we can say was like a little bit of a suspicious choice. But if he did have a Libra moon, as she said, I understand why she wasn't, you know, ready to call him a killer. Okay, but what does that mean? Yeah. So if you have a Libra moon, it means like your internal dialogue is very like fair and like just and like you want what's best for people and like you want everybody you want to find an outcome that's like appealing for everybody in a situation so like that does does not a killer indicate okay but hypothetically if your libro was rising what would that mean that would mean that you look like like neutral like your physical appearance is like balanced and like not but not dramatic in one specific direction yeah your rising is like your outward expression your moon is your internal dialogue this doesn't feel like me but that's okay (laughs) this isn't about me this is about greg i get it but it also is really what made me fall in love with alice as a character like she really killed that scene she was so sincere and earnest in her convictions that that actress like really sold me on everything uh and i think that's really when I started to care the most about these characters because you could kind of see the cracks in the China. Everybody stopped being like fake and like having fun and doing drugs and started being like real and and doing drugs. And that's when like you really find out people's true colors. Yeah. And when she was shot by Jordan, I mean, Alice's comedic relief in this movie is, uh, you know, top notch in my opinion. But when she gets shot, I mean, I'm thinking if my friend shot me, I don't think I'd go to aggression. I would be like, you, I would literally act like Alice. Like you really just fucking shot me. You asshole. What, what are you thinking? Like, why do you have a gun? I didn't shoot you. She says with a gun in her hand. (laughs) Alice was so pure. uh, And actually not pure in a lot of ways, but but really was the most pure of all of them. And I think what the characters in this movie really validated for me was my belief that drinking is not the primary activity that bonds people. If I'm like looking uh, at, at online dating, if someone puts drinking something in their profile, I'm passing on that. Same thing of like influence and substances. I think if you are bonded together just by the recreation of doing these substances and you don't really like each other sober, then I'm not interested in 
being your friend. You know what I mean? I feel like that's like kind of the crux of this whole friend group that causes them to deteriorate. Totally. Cause they even reference that they've been doing this for a while too. And I'm like, okay, the more, the more drugs I get involved in this movie, I was like, okay, someone's about to see something or do, just do something off the walls. So how do we feel about B? Because I really appreciated her being in this movie. She has this trauma in her background that she's you know working through you know she's trying to put her best face forward for sophie sue does not deserve this at all but you know she's just really wanting people to like her throughout this whole thing and it was like so sad when they put her outside in their rain like they just shunned her outside and i was just like you know let, let her speak let her speak yeah, my heart hurt for B. I think she also deserved better than this whole situation. It felt so much when we get uh, Sophie telling her she loves her so early on. It felt suffocating. It felt toxic. It felt you're the only good thing in my life. It felt like you are the refuge that I have from the chaos that is the world. And it looked like she was expecting B to be this perfectly average together, lovely person and didn't even really dig into all that B had in terms of like the complex layers there. Like clearly she knows about B's mom. You know, she knows that that's like a burden on her, but I felt like B deserved so much more. I, I feel like B deserved a healthy relationship with someone. Really? Yeah. I agree. And this is also the moment that I would like to remind everyone that if you've known someone for six weeks and they tell you that they love you, they don't know what love is and it's not a good situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there on that too. Yeah, I've been on that train. <laughs> it's not that they necessarily are lying to you. I'm not even really saying that. It's just that if you know truly what love feels like in your heart, you know that you don't love someone from knowing them for six weeks. You need to know a lot more about somebody. So when people say that, you should just be like a little bit apprehensive that like maybe they're not that emotionally mature. But yeah, Paris, I absolutely do feel that way because I feel like Sophie also deserved better in a lot of ways. Sophie has been through a lot, clearly. And Sophie is someone who's trying to rebuild herself, but it also felt like she was clinging on to the idea of what she thought B could provide instead of accepting B for who she just simply was. Yeah, I see where you could get at that because I don't know. I feel like as a friend who has gone through things and has had other friends when i open up about it be like here why don't you just drink why don't you just do drugs like let's just like this is how we cope with things like i i do feel like she deserves better for that i am gonna say though sophie did not need to be at that house at that party that was a really bad choice because she knew what she was going to be surrounded by and she knew she was trying to stay away from it and she for the most part stayed away from it until I don't know. I guess she, did she find Coke or something else? But, um, she should have completely avoided that group of friends. Now I know that she was there with a purpose. And that's the part that is really unfortunate is like, it would have been great if their plan had been like, show up, get them in a room, ask for the favor and then bounce immediately. Uh, but like, no, they were there to like soak it up and enjoy these horrible other humans. I also, again, just really need to complain about Sophie here for a minute. How dare her bring a girlfriend to this home and her friends and not like walk in together, not show her around. Like when you bring someone around people like this around your people, you don't abandon them and like make them go downstairs and have conversations by themselves. Like that is not how I move. Okay. Don't you ever in your life invite me somewhere and make me go talk to people without you. Like, no, please no. <laughs> I would die. Honestly, I am such a socially anxious person. I would be absolutely devastated if I was in the position that B was in. I'd be like, cool, I'm going to stay out into the car until you happen to come out here and can properly introduce me to people. Yeah, it just doesn't give anyone a chance to like you and like set off all these relationships to just be awkward. But like, who walks into a place they've never been by themselves? Absolutely not. It's me. <laughs> I feel like we're talking about this from a place of being like older and wiser, but like in my 20s, like, yeah. This happened all the time. Like, this wasn't... That didn't stick out to me at all. I was like, yeah, she was in the car. You go and you say, hey, I'm here. My girlfriend's in the car. She'll be here in a sec. But they didn't even know <laughs> that she was coming, So much less her girl... Like, no. no, it's not cool. I wouldn't say cool. These people were obviously in their 20s for the most part because they didn't cancel. So we know they're not in their 30s. Because when you get to your 30s, as soon as you start to get more than like two or three people involved, at the last second, you're like, hey, as it turns out, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm going to catch you guys <laughs> next time. 
Honestly, as a podcast of five people in which four out of the five of us are in our 30s, I'm surprised we're as consistent as we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, everything else in my life is canceled. So. <laughs> <laughs> because we realize, you know what? There's just a better way to balance our time. And like sometimes you have it in you, but 99% of the time you're like, you guys are great. I would just much rather sit on my couch alone. I think you got to go for the bold move and don't agree to start with, you know? No need to cancel. Just say no to start with. Yeah, just pull the Seinfeld no thanks. That's where it's at. Yada, yada, yada. As far as B goes, I felt like she was kind of my least favorite character only because she didn't really do much for me. And she felt complicated in ways that didn't really add much value. But I definitely understand like she had to be there as sort of like a as like a relative calibration of like what normal human behavior should look like. And it, otherwise, everything kind of just like flies off into the void and you're you have no context or like perspective of like how extreme some of these things are that they're saying and doing without her sort of being like a balancing like anchor um so i definitely get like why she was kind of blah but she was still kind of blah for me i think she was probably kind of blah because we spent so much time pointing out the parallels between her and aaron from your next minus the survivalist compound badass energy yeah, you know what? She was like a blah Aaron. That's very true. But overall, I think these characters were like really fun. I think they're probably the best part of the movie for me because they kind of, I don't know, I relate to this like quality of like being like educated and like really intelligent in some ways, but then also like a dumb, stupid bitch in other ways. And like, that's a space that I know well and I'm very comfortable in. So like seeing several characters occupy that space, I was like, yes, I, I'm totally on the same wavelength as everything that you're talking about. What did they do that made them seem really well-educated and smart and intelligent? Like the language that they used. Vapid. Yeah, like the vocabulary, where like you could tell like they had a good education, but like didn't put it to good use. The one time they said nihilistic. I said what I said. (laughs) (laughs) See, this this was actually the worst part of the movie for me. I think I didn't think B was, was the grounding energy that we that we needed i think we needed someone who was legitimately just like a normal human being and had like predictable responses to the stupidity that was happening and even if they got killed off i think we were really missing that it just it was really hard to despise every character on the screen because it's just a bunch of reckless adults panicking and acting like idiots for an hour and a half and i know it's like completely vital to the film and really important that that's what happens but I did miss like a little bit more adult energy and I, we got some of it with Greg, but Greg is also kind of like a weirdo as well. I feel, I feel like Greg would, would probably weird us out if we hung out long enough. Here's the thing. They set him up to be the weirdo by saying, I think he's like a vet and he went to like Afghanistan. So it, it made us like think he was like capable of all these things. Wait, that doesn't make anyone a weirdo. I'm not saying it makes him a weirdo, but like when weird things started happening and like it was a little bit of like a, uh, it, it, you know, started to confirm based on those things, what we think might or might not have been happening. I had the exact opposite reaction. As soon as stuff started happening, I knew that it was not Greg. I don't know. I knew it wasn't Greg either, but I'm just saying that right. was what they were playing on, you know? I don't know. I think David would have been the most likely person until he ends up dead, right? Like you think like uh, going into this whole situation, if you don't know that David's going to die, it's going to be the guy who's high and just bitter about everybody else at the party who's going to fuck somebody up. I don't think he had the... um the potency to make this happen. <laughs> also, though, the problem with B, the reason why she can't be that character is because she's trying to impress this person that she really likes the whole time and trying to like fit in with them. That's why she can't just be the me standing in the corner like, are y'all being dumb? Also, let me just tell you, I've, I've been in a house full of women before. We make a lot of bad decisions, especially like if one person starts freaking out, there's always somebody that's just like a little too crazy and they do start like picking up a knife. Not saying I've been in a room with people picking up knives, but I'm just saying I can see it. It it do happen. And the hysteria, if things pop off, it's it's overwhelming. The worst part of this movie for me is how there's this one small detail that completely lacks self-awareness from like a meta film standpoint and then also just from a character standpoint. And I know this because when I was in college, we like my ex-boyfriend or my boyfriend at the time he had two roommates and they lived in like a townhouse in pittsburgh it was like a huge gorgeous house and the rent was like dirt cheap but they had four floors that was like all their space and what we would do is like we would get like the eight of us together we would turn off all the lights and we play hide and seek and what you don't do when you're trying to sneak around in the dark is have a flashlight of any sort because maybe from your perspective that helps you see but that lets everybody around see exactly where you are because you're a walking light in the dark And the way every character was hiding 
while holding a torch of a light as if no one could see them and then nobody did see them, even though they very well could have. That drove me crazy. A hundred percent. I even loved your recreation of that in the movie theater with the bright light on your phone. The worst part of this movie for me is twofold. One, the idea that anybody's phone didn't die from having the screen brightness all the way up (laughs) and the flashlight on the entire fucking time too it's also if you're traveling in a group of people and you have lost power because of a hurricane you need to conserve your battery life not all of you need to have your fucking flashlights on right now that's good for flashlight use for like 30 minutes and then you're not gonna have flashlights for the next 12 hours what the fuck are you doing i know i said twofold but The third worst part of this movie is the fact that we finally get like a central woman-loving woman couple, and then it turns out to be petty and destroyed by infidelity and just unhappiness. And I really wish I could have a movie about a group of women that doesn't evolve into something petty. And that movie was Black Christmas. 1974 and 2019. So I guess that's all I get. No, instead, we just get Lord of the Flies. It's hard for me to pick a worse part. I don't know why. Nothing really stood out so much that I was like, I dislike it. But I do have to say, and it's annoying part in every movie that I watch is where there's infinite amount of shots or rounds, whatever you want to call them, in a gun. And I was like, this is so unrealistic. And it like kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit. But like I said, it's it's just a minor detail that I did not like. We just need to look up which weapon it is that she uses and like how many it, it could have like how many bullets can you fit in that magazine? That's what we need to find out. What, you know, cause there's some that can have a few, but you know, not 45. Exactly. I'm like, it's, is 10 an average number? I've, I've, you know, I think 10, 12, even as high as like 20 sometimes, but it probably just depends. So before I go into my best part, I just need to bring up like a couple more things. First and foremost, I'm kind of already mentioned this, but like this game doesn't, carry the drama that they act like it carries in this movie like literally when they're starting the game and they're like let's play bodies 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 and they're like uh, someone always cries and we always fight and yada yada and there was nothing in this game that felt like anyone should cry literally it was just oh i think you did it like you poked this person in the back and now they're laying on the ground yeah but they were bringing up like they were digging even talking about people's sex lives and i was like damn they go hard it's because they're petty very below the belt this game makes people cry because they make people cry because they're assholes correct exactly the other thing is I feel like at some points this house seemed like it was like so small and then there was just like a basketball court. Like obviously it was a big house from the outside, but it didn't feel big when we were inside as far as like how many rooms we saw and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it was just like, and you know, like someone would scream and people would come, right? Like pretty quickly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just a basketball court inside the house. And I was like, all right, well, uh, it's giant. But also somehow you couldn't get to the bathroom at one point. You had to go downstairs and down the hall. I was like, that's very confusing. Why is there not one on this level? Yeah. Also, when they first show the dog bed, I think it was a dog toy, but I thought there was an arm cut off hanging out on the floor. <laughs> I was like, nobody's re- reacting to that. Yeah. I really wanted to see where the fuck the dog was the entire time. So with that being said, I am actually going to give two best parts. My first best part is obvious. It's the ending of the movie. It wraps up perfectly. I loved it. My second best part is Pete Davidson. I'm just going to just going to say it. He did his wow. thing. And um, he kind of just did himself. Like, <laughs> I don't think he was playing a character. I almost feel like the black eye thing was like a joke about how his eyes always look like he got punched in the face uh so uh, yeah he was my best part because i thought he was a great character and again probably just playing himself supposedly a very emotionally available human being so i have a quick question not to take us slightly off course but i saw this at 10 30 a.m so you can imagine there were five people in the theater but i was wondering it was it packed for y'all's viewing no there was maybe 10 people And it was at a 7.40 showing at night. I was wondering, I went this afternoon and it was very empty, but the whole theater was really empty. It sounds like Chris and Paris had a different experience. I think because we saw like an early premiere showing. What was it, Wednesday night? Yeah, it wasn't even that popular of a night. I mean, it wasn't a full theater by any means, but it was definitely, there was definitely a lot of energy there. There was no energy. And I wonder if I would feel differently about this. Like, I mean, I thought it was kind of funny, not in like a laugh out loud way though. And I wonder if I would have felt like laughing out loud with other people around. I was laughing out loud 
And I found that I was laughing even without having to be sparked by someone else's laughter. You know how sometimes someone's laughter is just contagious and you find yourself thinking everything is hilarious? Yeah, sometimes you need a laugh track. Yeah, sometimes there are moments where I was just blatantly laughing out loud. And I think it's funny enough that I absolutely would rewatch this. I was going to watch it a second time before this episode and just was far too tired from work that day. But I'll, I'll definitely give this another shake in a while. I was on the verge of giving this movie a hack, so I'm definitely not going to rewatch it. I think one good theatrical watch was enough for me. I'm with Alexis. This movie is one of my favorite movies that we've done this year. Uh, I will definitely watch this again. I'm actually see it again in theaters because my boyfriend was actually mad that I didn't take him and I didn't realize he wanted to see this. This felt like a movie that I would have to see without him, like a, like a Paris movie where he's like, babe, don't drag me to that. Uh, but I'm excited that he wants to see it because I'm down to see it again. I love that you feel that way, Paris. I don't know if I'll watch this in theaters again. I think it does have a quality that makes it better to watch it in a movie theater, but I'm definitely watching this when it streams. I cannot see why I would be watching this one again. Well, rewatches aside, it doesn't change the scoring for tonight because there you have it, folks. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies from 2022 has earned four slashes and one hack. Now, we certainly had a lot to talk about here, but it doesn't end here by any means. We want to know what you think. Did you dislike this movie as much as Ryan? Did you enjoy Pete Davidson? Let us know. You can join in on the conversation by hanging out with us for free over in our Discord. Click the link in our show notes to sign up. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, consider becoming one of our patrons, like Luis and Craig. Visit patreon.com slash hacker slash to enjoy more of the show with early access, extended episodes, bonus content, and live shows. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, facts are facts. I'll be right back.